Heavenly Features is an 18 Maiden Lane production. Hello and welcome to Heavenly Features, the weekly podcast where your hosts Sophie and Kim Hey, how's it going? Get together to talk about films. Each week we take it in turns to recommend a movie and this week it was my turn. Yes, it was. Uh, What was it that you uh, recommended for us this week? So, you know I have a dark soul and I love some dark brass humour. So I had to choose a film that showcased this. Uh, And one of the best at this kind of genre of films is Christopher Guest's Best in Show from the year 2000. Starring Christopher Guest, Eugene Levy, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Jane Lynch, Jennifer Coolidge, Parker Posey. Who the fuck isn't in this? It's just got <laughs> such a great ensemble cast. Um, I just like highlighted some of the, some of the key people. Um, so it's written by Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy. Uh, the film follows five hopefuls and their partners uh, who aspire to win the Mayflower Kennel Club dog show, a prestigious dog show. Uh, the documentary-style film, a trademark of Guest, takes a peek behind the curtain into the world of competitive dog shows, revealing the winner at the end. A large percentage of this film is improvised, which I think is obvious, but makes uh, it so much more enjoyable when watching. Um, So like many of guest films, um, that is kind of the way that they do it. And it currently holds a 93% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which I've never included before, but I thought it was worth saying as I was looking things up. uh, I was like, that is pretty high. That's <laughs> so, that's pretty impressive, yeah. yeah. I think it's possibly one of... Um, I don't think it's Christopher Guest's most well-known film, which no. is probably Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, yeah. But I think that this uh, is perhaps one of his more commercial ones, partly because so many people love dogs, uh, that you know it's going to appeal to a kind of a wider audience, perhaps, just on that. Um so the irony that a cat person even nominated this film for them to watch this week is, <laughs> is has not escaped me. Um, I I just thought it was a different kind of film than we have covered so far, um, and I thought it would be uh, just yeah an interesting one to to chat about. So had you seen it before? Yeah, I had seen it once before. Oh, brilliant. Um, but I hadn't. I didn't remember a huge amount about it. I like I remembered it. But I didn't remember a lot of the like jokes because there's so many yes. subtle jokes in it, and I like so I thoroughly enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah, um, I felt I felt the same. Like I remembered uh, the plot points because it is a very streamlined, simple plot. Yeah, because uh, I guess that's probably how uh, improvised comedies work the best: is that you have this brief outline, and then the the comedians, the actors, are allowed to have a bit more freedom within yeah. those scenes to kind of take it wherever they want to. But I th- yeah, I, I had forgotten like some of the jokes and I was so happy. In some ways it was nice to revisit it because they were new to me, even though I'd seen them before. That's uh, exactly the experience I had with it. Yeah, I mean, I made a fatal error in that I started watching this whilst I was wearing a face mask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you're so dumb! Why yeah, would you do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> I had to pause the film and like wait my 15 minutes before <laughs> because as soon as I got to the scene um, with Eugene Levy and his two left feet, I just lost it and I had I couldn't. <laughs> With a face mask on. You know, it was one of those mud ones where it kind of just like... Oh, it like solidifies. Yeah. Yeah. And then it like just as soon as you move your mouth or your nose or your eyes or anything, like some movement happens in your face, it just kind of tends to like clay and falls off your face. Yeah. Like a bit like, um, like, you know, when you see special effects, like in... um, interview with a vampire when Kirsten Dunst dies and all of her face falls away. Spoiler alert, jeez. <laughs> it's all right, she's an annoying little cunt in it, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, I love I love Kirsten Dunst, but um, whew, that's an irritating child. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like that sort of thing when you see like those dead <laughs> people in the films <laughs> and like all their, their body turns to ash and then falls away. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, that's that's uh, what uh, Best in Show does to you. <laughs> exactly. It's a great look. Um, and just imagine that in blue, because, of course... Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful, you know, Dead Sea mask. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I had amazing skin afterwards, so it was worth it. <laughs> but back to the film. Um, <laughs> it, uh, what I loved is uh, so many of the jokes had 
such like great conversational setups and then this really deadpan delivery at the end yeah. so that was an example like the two left feet and then it pans down and Eugene Levy is wearing two very left shoes like they had like even the curve and stuff yeah <laughs> and it is just like the most iconic picture probably from the entire show um there's also uh another one that really kind of stood out for me um which is when Jane Lynch is talking about how her parents, their dynamic and how it worked. Oh, and how, like, yeah, oh they were perfect. so happy. And it worked for my family until my mom committed suicide in 81. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. damn, it just hits you. Yeah. Like, Cause it's so positive and it's saying like, this was a great dynamic and it worked for everyone until the one person had a serious mental health crisis <laughs> and took their own life. And it was like, fuck, this is dark, but I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> I just, I love the deadpan dark comedy deliverance like, yeah of this. it's just like uh, yeah the, the jokes in this just really work and even the ones that are just very like not even jokes just them talking it's still yes. hilarious so yeah i i thought it was very well done i mean i'm i'm a big fan of the like mockumentary style films anyway yes um i think i always find them like fascinating to watch um, and especially, like, you can tell with this, there's a lot of improv going on, mm. which makes it feel even more like a documentary. Um, like, it does feel exactly like documentaries that I've seen well, watching about these shows. Like, Yeah, it's like genuine responses yeah, and interactions between um, actors, characters. But obviously, because each player has their own wit and their own way of working and the chemistry usually with the person they're set up with, they're yeah. able to add these kind of um, ridiculous or uh, dark comments yeah. about their relationship, the, the dog show, other things going on in their lives. Um, <laughs> and some of them are more deadpan and, and straight faced. And yeah. others are, you know, like, I'm going to be so awful with all the names. Um, but the um, the very camp guy with all of his kimonos. Yes. He's just like, he's like Sassy Mary at one point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just oh, he, of... his, his jokes are just so like, he's just constantly on. Like, that's yes. his character, just constantly on and like being this funny camp guy. Um, mm. And he just holds it the whole time. Yes, I was mildly disappointed that it wasn't played by a gay man because I think that would have been perhaps a little bit better, but a uh, better representation. But it was uh, particularly for like this is two thousand, but like late nineties, the best representation representation you really got was like the camp gay man, and I love that performance. Obviously, it doesn't represent everyone, but this is a very good, um, funny version of it where it's not mimicking people who present that way and speak yes. that way it's not it's not meant in a derogatory way yeah it's just the best of sassy one-liners and yeah. you know snidey remarks and i love that sort of thing yeah he's not the butt of the joke no that's, uh, that's he's like, in on that's the joke the at the very least yeah. yeah and then obviously you've got jane lynch playing a queer character as a queer person yeah so i'm like yep all right you, that was, you yes. ticked a box there yeah, there was some representation obviously happening there, which is always good because what do we need, Kim? Representation matters and is <laughs> important. It? Yeah. And we must do better. <laughs> I will say it. Yeah. Every yeah. episode, representation fucking matters. <laughs> but I think uh, what they do really successfully is they do manage to represent so many different uh, types of couples and dynamics, um, yeah. which is... Uh, really good because some some of them don't have those uh, punchline kind of uh, dialogues like Parker Posey and I'm going to be really awful and not know them the name of the man. Um, <laughs> but, but also, that, who cares about the men? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like that dynamic where they're just like so uptight and stressed and angry with each other all the time yeah. is a type of person, and it kind of makes you feel really uncomfortable at times. Um, yeah. But it does represent the kind of person that you might run into at this sort of show. And so where they don't always have um, clear punchlines, like some of the others, is they have more setups. That is yeah. um, probably more of their, like, uh, <laughs> like the beginning when we have, uh, they're in therapy and they're talking about doing this sex act um, <laughs> yes. and how 
they and it's set up like we're meant to think that their child has walked in on them yeah. having sex and instead you turn around and it's this really depressed looking dog <laughs> also what a fucking cute dog like I know I love Waimaramas like they're so gorgeous but like, <laughs> I was like Gee, that's one unhappy dog with them I know I don't blame him they are uptight but I also really like um, because by the end of the film they've got a different dog um, yes. and I really like that the, t- the attention to detail which I don't think I picked up the first time when they're unhappy and they have this grey dog and everything is like stuck in the fun out of everything they are wearing monochrome colours yep. and clothing and they're into like beige and grey and then later when they seem to be a lot happier um, and they've got this different dog not saying the dog's a problem by the way um, <laughs> they're wearing bright colours and um, it's really subtle yeah and and this is one that's one thing I like about it is you can watch this film over and over and pick up different things. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you recommended to watch this again because now I'm like, oh, this is actually one that I can watch another time. Yeah. Like it's not just like a one and done. Yeah. Which is really good. Also, you were saying there about these are the type of people you might meet at these shows. Um now Have you been having... to any of these shows? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I have. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. Because um, I haven't. So, yeah, I um, I've been. I mean, I've been to Crufts a couple of times, right? Just, you know, uh, and I've been to some other ones as well. Were, were you showcasing, or is this for your ex partner's business? For my ex. Well, so I've done a few where we've shown like my dogs. Oh, really? Um, in like local, not crafts, just to clarify, um, in like local ones. I never wanted to. I'm like the Eugene Levy of this, where as soon as I have to go out, I'm like, no, please. <laughs> um, and you have but... two left feet. So. Exactly. I'm like, I will fall and die. Um, but yeah, the people you meet, are like some of them are normal-ish. Like, and by normal, I don't mean like you know, but like they just don't come across as like completely insane, eccentric. Yeah. And then you've got the ones who are like obsessive. Like so yeah. I had I had a dog called Elvis for a while and he um his dad, I wanna say, was a Crufts winner. Um oh, so like What type of dog? Like, he was he was a poodle, a toy poodle. Mm. Um and so we went and we like we actually saw some of his family compete in Crufts. And so you're in the like little area where all of these like poodle people are and I, I'm not a, like a I, I'm a dog person through and through as in I love dogs yeah but I'm not like a breed person specific yeah like I'm just like give me to be honest I'm an animal person just give me any animal and I'm yeah. just like yes they're mine now that's it so I'm there, like just like oh, like poking my finger through at these like the cages and crates, and be like oh hello, and they're all like trying to like groom them and make them perfect. Yeah, um, and you do hear a lot like there's so much stress behind oh, the I scenes in these places, and like I was like I liked the local ones where it's like because I like my dog that I have at the moment, Bear, actually won Best in Show once. Oh <gasps> really? Um, yeah. What so, was the title? Uh, Best in Show of what area? Uh, Little Wick Green Show. We took him to, (laughs) which is actually meant more for horses, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Did he win because he was the only (laughs) non-horse? Imagine, like parading him around, like this is my pony. Um, He's a Chihuahua as well. (laughs) That breed, I guess. (laughs) No, he, yeah, he, uh, like we had a, like I don't know, it was just like a little village one that we decided to go to for fun. I say we decided as if it was ever anything to do with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's you see you meet a hell of a lot of eccentric people. Which, yeah. Like I love I'm I like I'm eccentric myself. I'm not like what you would call quote unquote normal. So you know. I think for some people it becomes more of a hob more than a hobby, doesn't it? It oh, becomes like, um, it's their full quite serious. Life. And for some of them it is like their career through their uh, Yeah. Pet. Absolutely, because my my ex used to do um, dog grooming and you can do like grooming competitions as opposed to like Mm. dog shows. And yeah, she would always like go to those and you have these incredibly talented people. Like they're incredible. Um, Like making their dogs into like fucking giraffes or zebras or like... (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like the talent is unreal. Like I now, I now like struggle to like cut my dog's like little like skirt to make sure it's not trailing on the floor <laughs> like, so i'm like all right yeah there's there's some skill in that 
But yeah, you do meet some insane people. I'm definitely going to recommend to you. There's a documentary I watched uh, that I adore that reminded me so much of this film, but is an actual documentary. And it's called Catwalk and it's about cat shows. <gasps> so I highly recommend that everyone watches it. It's on Netflix. Uh, and I watched it a couple of years ago and I fucking adored it. It's so good. Is it like actually about like like a dog show in this sense, but for cats? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's, so it's it's this this film, but imagine it's real life and about cats. Because I started watching something on Netflix about cats and it ended up being this person who was training her cats to be in like a small miniature band and doing tightrope. <laughs> and I was confused. Oh. So uh, I was just wondering if it was that, but it doesn't sound like it. No, 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 it's not. It's a documentary about cat shows. Um, okay. <laughs> the full title is Catwalk, Tales from the Cat Show Circuit. Um, wow, I didn't it's... even know cat shows were a thing. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but yeah, cats are notoriously harder to train or harder to cooperate. Oh, this is very much, they're sort of, they, they're on a table and they're like checking the breed standards and like poking around and like... They don't have to do any trips tricks or anything no, no tricks or anything but it's it's such a great documentary i loved it i love it um, i love that like the dogs have to do a run around maybe do a few tricks and things the cats the just, cat just be there, there present and don't hurt anyone <laughs> literally um there are ways it's, it's good <laughs> i i highly recommend and like everyone watches this because also the people on this show there are definitely eccentric people um, and they're, they're just you fall in love with the people as much as you fall in love with the cats. Same, I think, as watching this this film. Mm. And so when I was watching this film, I was like, oh, this feels so realistic. Like yeah, they it's... obviously the the two writers like definitely met with people and went to dog shows. I would have imagined so. Though they had to, they I think they originally thought that they would just be able to go to a dog show and film. Yeah. And no one would allow them because they take it obviously very seriously. And I think yeah. I think when you do a mockumentary style film, people think you're taking the piss out of them. When sometimes yeah. actually it's like the joke is not taking the piss out of the contenders and the people that, that go to these things. It's actually um, jokes uh, to kind of demonstrate your, your love and appreciation for this art or for this thing that they're covering. Yeah. Um, or it just happens to be a setting for them to be able to make jokes but not at the expense of, of the people that in, enjoy these things so um but yeah they had to do their whole <laughs> show instead um because no one would let them uh record <laughs> oh, at their own one that's amazing i can <laughs> i can understand why you would say no as like this very serious because it's very like prestigious dog shows and yeah. you have someone like eugene levy like who's known for comedy yeah, you just, you don't want to potentially, like, jeopardise your um, reputation, I guess. So, and, and, and like, minimise uh, the achievements of the people who go to those. Exactly. Places. And it's and it's it's such a big deal for so many people. But I don't think that this film at, at any point took the piss out of... Contenders, yeah. Contenders in a negative way at all. No. I think it was very much a a realistic study through comedy of the different types this... of people that might be there exactly and and yeah. there's no one thing that they're centering it on no so i think it was a very kind look it... and I, a yeah. fantastic thing i don't think it's actually really judgmental at any point no. and so many of the characters are so rooted um like christopher guest character who's like this kind of guy with a southern drawl with the bloodhound and you just believe a hundred percent that that is who he is and oh. that he's just you know he loves his fishing and he loves his dog and ventriloquism ventriloquism of course <laughs> um there's yeah there's no like it's not derogatory in any way no you a hundred percent believe that and then you have other scenarios like that jennifer coolidge as uh like the gold digger <laughs> um which i mean i think uh their initial interview 
is perhaps one of the most iconic in my mind where she's just like we both love soup <laughs> like, oh, we can relate yeah we can uh we could uh not talk and talk forever <laughs> I was like yeah. same girl same i love it um so we'll never run out of things to not talk about <laughs> exactly yes. and he's just sitting there completely uninvolved with the conversation yeah he's basically a living corpse next to her like she's this beautiful young woman who's obviously or most likely married him for wealth and status um and she's the one who's interested in the dog shows perhaps more so than he is he just funds them and of course there will be people there maybe not in exactly the same scenarios but people from a very wealthy background who would perhaps participate in these shows who would put a lot of money behind trying to win at these shows and have the best breed um, and the best. Oh, the best well, it can show. cost a shit ton. Exactly. It can cost so much money. Like buying yeah. pedigree dogs anyway costs yes. so much money. Like that, that poodle would cost so much. Yeah. Especially like... a poodle or in, in that good a uh, health. Yeah. Uh, and pedigree. And then, yeah. of course, they also represent uh, the the participants who hire a trainer as well all the others i believe do it themselves and yeah. this is the example where they have somebody who specifically works with the dog and shows the dog for them and they are just putting up the money so that they can have hopefully have the trophy and have the recognition without actually yeah. really having done much of the work yeah. um and that's where we get jane lynch who is uh perhaps more enthusiastic about jennifer coolidge than about the dog <laughs> i mean but... understandable yeah i mean there's one moment where they have this like pre-competition party and jennifer coolidge is wearing this dress which just fully exposes her bra and it's like the most like posh slutty look i think i've ever seen (laughs) i loved it and she's just rocking it with this really 90s kind of you know like the kind of wispy like voluminous hair with lots of different golden colored highlights and she's got that with like the silver or like that the metallic lipstick and she's chewing yeah. gum and it's such a look and it made me so not nostalgic but uh made me kind of really hop back to that time you when just that wish was you fashion. could get away with wearing that again well <laughs> who wouldn't want to wear that dress but like then jane jane lynch is just like all over her and of course yeah. we get a moment later when of course when we have some proper queer representation, shall we say? Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, though it's never really um, suggested what happens to the husband in that scenario. I mean, I just assumed he died and she inherited the money. I assumed possibly yes, but nothing was ever mentioned. So no. Either that or he's just... still there and they just are running this lesbian magazine at the end. And he's lesbian just magazine oblivious. for dogs. but who knows (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah, pretty much all the participants their dogs are like their children which i totally understand that i was about to say how do you feel about that (laughs) yeah that's like i'm not i like i don't do dog shows or anything myself i used to with my ex but purely because she wanted to um so like now that i have like full custody i like we don't do dog shows um but even me saying that sentence just shows how much I think of the, like there was children. Um, yes. But like, so my, my dog bear that I have, like he is, I call him my son, like mm-hmm. 100% he's my son. And like, anytime I go out, I get a babysitter. Like, yes. And it's a family. I don't actually like hire a babysitter for the day, but like, <laughs> like I'll drop him, <laughs> I'll drop him around to my aunts or like my parents to look after him for the day and like sure. they call him their grandson so he's <laughs> for sure my kid like that's just so i totally related to that <laughs> which i know was like one of the jokes in there like taking the piss out of these people who are like not really taking the piss that's wrong because it makes it sound then it's like it's negative and it's not yeah that but, makes like... it sound cruel but it's not really it's just kind of acknowledging that for some people this is their dynamic and their setup yeah. and their lifestyle yeah and for sure that is my <laughs> my dynamic with my son (laughs) yeah have you ever made up any songs about your dog or your dog's breed Um, like god loves a terrier (laughs) god loves a terrier yes he does god loves 
the terrier. That's because small, sturdy, bright, and true. They give their love to you. God didn't miss a stitch. Be it dog or be it bitch. Honestly, I just want to acknowledge how amazing that was. I know. I mean... <laughs> It makes sense because obviously Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy did so many of these films together. Um, it completely makes sense why their chemistry is also so good in Schitt's Creek oh. as well. Honestly, I would watch the two of them together doing anything. I mean, they must be they must have been working together for like 25 years or something yeah. in films. Um, quite often kind of coupled up in some form. Um, yeah. Because they obviously have this really kind of natural uh, dynamic between them and conversation and being able to play off each other's humour really yeah. well. And uh, that lends itself so well so many years later to Shit's Creek. But um, I don't know if this is the first show, the uh, first film that they did together, but it was one of the earlier ones for mm-hmm. sure. And um, you can see right from the beginning that there's this like, spark between them. And yeah. the sincerity as well, like you 100% believe these, they're meant to be kind of like the more kind of white trashy yeah. people, uh, like competitors in, in the show. And um, and he's obviously uh, much more awkward and dorky and jealous um, of the attention that his, you know, supposedly more attractive wife um, seems to garner because she has a history, um, as we see throughout the uh throughout the film hundreds of boyfriends she said (laughs) exactly like everywhere they go like they're just doing something normal and someone will come up and say someone's like cookie is that you yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh yes um but they have this great dynamic and so it 100% seems very rooted and real when they sing these songs uh, about their dog because you're like yeah. oh, there are people who do that and I 100% believe you're the people that do that but yeah. also this is a little bit ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> to to clarify uh no I have never recorded an album based around my dogs or sung yet. any songs based yet it's coming guys uh stay <laughs> <Listen> tuned <up>. <laughs> <laughs> um, first album dropping 2022 um <laughs> No, I, I mean, I don't, you know full well that I do karaoke and stuff with Bear um, oh, yes. and dance around the house with him. But it's always to songs that more talented people have written. Which, in fairness, we may start singing the Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy songs from this show now. I you mean, never know. <laughs> are they widely available? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you sing dog-related songs like? Who let the dogs out and things like that? No, no, actually, he Bear Bear has very good taste. Um, a lot so, of Henry Steinfeld, then. Yes, yes, a lot, <laughs> a lot of Henry Steinfeld because he he knows he knows I like I love love me some Haley. Um, but also, like you know, he's he's very into rock. His favorite song is definitely the theme uh, tune to Ghostbusters. Um, he always dances to that, so you know he's he's got some good taste. Maybe I, I should would... get him to write the music. Well, I was going to say, I'd like to see him now in a competition dancing to Ghostbusters. I actually do have a video of him dancing to <laughs> Ghostbusters. Well, there we go. I've got... Now, I've got a really serious question for you. Mm-hmm. How many nuts can you name? <laughs> uh, now, I cannot name all the nuts, um, but then I don't live in a, a town named after a nut so i think that you know that is true that has that has something to do with it but i do feel like i am falling short and i didn't realize there were so many different types of pistachio nuts neither did i i learned <laughs> something I, yeah. was like, I thought they were just pistachio yeah and i know they used to like dye them years ago right i guess it's me- but... i thought it was maybe to do with the color of the husk mm. you know when mm. like you yeah. open it and then there's a little bit of a husk on it sometimes yeah, I could be wrong. I didn't know there was white pistachio nuts. All of the ones I've ever eaten have like been green inside. Yeah, same. I'm intrigued. But then for a long time, I didn't know there was white asparagus. I thought people were Fair making point. shit up. So or like purple <laughs> cauliflower. Yeah, you know, it's, purple it's... Um, purple broccoli. The more you know, but like, let's go with it. Let's. We've got peanuts. Yeah, pine nuts. Pine obviously, nuts. macadamia. Pistachio. Nuts. Pistachio. Macadamia. Yeah, Brazil. Brazil, hazelnut, almond. 
Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, God, I'm terrible. I don't know my nuts. You don't know. That's the thing. I don't think I eat a wider range of nuts than that. Two queers name the nuts. That's our new podcast. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Um, Gosh, what other nuts are there? I feel like I should know more. Uh, While we're thinking of nuts, I do just need to make a point. So is this where I'm just going to randomly shout out a nut now? And yeah, absolutely. Throughout the whole, the rest of the podcast, just shout your nuts out. Uh, <laughs> Join at home. <laughs> don't you think that Eugene Levy has aged like a fine wine? Oh, he's the same. Oh, he Except is. Except for buck teeth. Oh no, he's so much more handsome now. I mean, don't get me wrong, always loved him. But in Shit's Creek, I'm like, oh, hello, Eugene. Yeah, I guess like in Shit's Creek, he is always very well dressed, and I think that helps. I think also maybe Dan's had a little influence with his hair because we all know how much Dan is. I think perfection. he looks better as a bit more of a silver fox. He looks he looks better now for sure, as in Eugene. Dan always looks amazing. <laughs> I will have nothing said against Dan. I think he's so attractive. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, he's got that uh, Eugene. I'm saying it has that kind of really olivey skin that yeah. is just it ages amazingly. And he's yeah, and now with his like dark and silver bits in his hair, he just looks and so eyebrows. sophisticated. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I so would now. I'm like I'm watching Shit's Creek. Like oh, do I want the father or the son? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Any more nuts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, gosh, there must be more nuts. Oh, there are definitely. Have we we've said macadamia, right? Yes. Okay. Because I remembered the ones that he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cashews. Cashew nuts. Brilliant. <laughs> well done. Oh man, I eat cashews all the time. What's I know. <laughs> I've also had like cashew milk and stuff, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, oh cashew um, cheese though tastes like a foot. Oof. Depends on the. It probably depends on the cheese. I, I'm not an expert on cashew cheese, so. I went to a vegan fair with my mum once, and we we're walking past this stool, and my mum was like, "Oh, you should try this. This is uh, cashew cheese." And the, obviously, the people are right there, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm okay for now." And I moved on, and she uh, took some and put it in her mouth and walked on, and she went, "I can't get this out of my mouth, dude." And I was just like. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are some great brands out there, but I'm very suspicious of a lot of vegan cheese. Like, I don't embrace it all. There's, I, I, I like a few favourites, and then, no. I found my favourite vegan cheese, and I cannot remember the name of it now, and it's really pissing me off. And I, it was at a vegan festival again, and they gave me samples, and I bought loads. And it was so good. And they did, like, a Wensleydale and Cranberry version of, like, vegan cheese, which was my one of my favourites before I went vegan. And um, they had it, and I was like, this tastes epic. And then I Googled it, and they didn't have any on the website at the time, and now I cannot remember it at all, and it's really pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. When I was at uni, they had um, a shop that sold a lot of... Um, like ingredients for different Asian cuisines mm. and they used to sell like the best tofu that you could grill and it would puff up and it was Ooh. oh delicious oh she felt... was fancy in uni guys I mean it was really cheap <laughs> <laughs> but I I it got to the point where my housemate and I knew the deliveries like days of certain shops so we could go in because if you didn't go in on delivery day in the morning you couldn't get that tofu all the other people were going after it Ooh. and by that I mean the vegans and then the actual people who cook a lot of Asian cuisine of um, course, yeah. <laughs> I was like get out of my bitch I feel like I know that this is your heritage but I'm fucking vegan <laughs> you know, and we wonder why people hate vegans <laughs> I know right hey. I am um, I got really lucky in one of the towns I moved to. I mean, it wasn't lucky. I researched it, so I, I knew. But um, it was it's a town called Glossop up in Derbyshire. And... Walnuts! Well done! <laughs> um, is pecan a nut? Yes! Oh, nailing it! Um, so there was this place in, in Glossop. So Glossop had like a vegan bakery. It's like this tiny one-road village. It had a vegan bakery a Thai food place that did vegan buffet. Like it had so many different things. And then this vegan health food store opened uh, in this little fucking village. I mean, there was a lot of gays there as well. So that's why Um, like all of the lesbians just decided to move there. 
Um, and oh, the like the some of the stuff they had in there was so good. But because I've got no fucking memory, soon as I walk out that shop, no idea what it is. Not a fucking clue. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of brands that I used to buy that I no longer can buy because I've just forgotten what they were called. <laughs> or they changed their packaging and I'm like so I so go by visuals. Oh, you are you are very visual with it. I mean me too, but like I remember being in supermarkets with you and What do you remember your... when we went like the other week and you're like rolls. I can't find the spring rolls. I'm like they're over there I can see the packet. Yeah. And I hadn't even read the word. I was just like but it's the black and green and that means it's a spring roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know the fucking supermarket decided to change around the order of stuff. So me and a little old lady were very confused. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. My mum has been complaining for weeks because they've changed it all in Sainsbury's. She's like, why have they moved the baking powder and the flour out of the baking section? This is, do you know? She's got a point. This, this firstly, yes. Also, I always agree with your mum. She's epic. Um, but you do realise how old we are now. Oh, yes, this is, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, oh, this little old lady was walking around, but I was complaining at the same the same as this like little 90-year-old pushing her trolley. She was like, oh, they've moved everything. I'm like, I know, love, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, like, so going back to the film, uh, <laughs> I related so hard to, uh, I'm just going to call him, like, cunty gay man. Um, yeah. What's his name? No idea what his actual name Mary is. Mary is the only thing I can remember. Mary's the only name I can remember. Yeah. Or Deborah, he also was called at one point. <laughs> oh, Deborah, exactly. Um, I'm such an overpacker. I would also bring eight kimonos for a 48 hour trip. So. And a tapestry and my own wall art. <laughs> yeah, you. in fairness, you would. That That is accurate. I am not an overpacker. I am a chronic underpacker. Which is why I pack so much, because I'm like, oh, Kim will need stuff. Yeah. Well, do you remember that school trip we went on and one of our friends ended up bringing a load of snacks because she was like, oh, Kim won't have brought anything. <laughs> Kim won't eat otherwise. No, and she she brought a load of like plasters and a first aid kit because she was like, oh, Kim's gone full. But also like for a long time, I had like no money. So if I went somewhere, I was like, I can't take the risk of not having certain things with me because I don't want to go and buy them again if I have them at home. Coconut. So... Oh, yes. <laughs> Coconut. Chestnut? Yes. Well yes. done. <laughs> uh, nutmeg? Is that a nut? I, I don't know if it's a... I, I always use it as a spice, but it That's, probably I've only ever is. grated it. And it feels I mean, weird to grate. I mean, we'll go with it. We'll say you nailed that one. Sure. <laughs> I think we've done... You know what? We've done more nuts than that man in, in the film. Huh? His mum would have killed us by this point. <laughs> oh, I know. In all fairness, we haven't gone into the detail of like different variations of individual nuts. True. So, you know, yeah. salted peanut, unsalted peanuts. <laughs> Dry roasted peanuts. <laughs> Honey roasted peanuts. <laughs> We could go on all day. Peanut butter, <laughs> almond butter. Oh. oh wait, smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Oh, That's has to you be, know. Has to be crunchy. Oh, has to be smooth. Oh no. Oh, you know me. I don't like things with bits in. I don't like things with bits in. Like true. orange juice has to be smooth because no. I don't like eating my drinks. <laughs> no, it's gotta have. It's gotta have the fiber. It's gotta have the bits no. in. You should never have to chew a liquid. I don't chew it. How much pulp is in your drink? None. That's you know good. you can shake the bottle, right? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Sorry, you were saying about um, being an overpacker and I got distracted by coconuts, which happens <laughs> yeah. to me all the time. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, yeah, I think... Um, I can't remember what I was saying, but I do you remember? <laughs> do you remember we went to that like tiny little festival when we were like oh, the, 16? The, the three day festival. You meet, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I brought like our, a our whole like carry on. It was only like a small one, but like a carry on suitcase, which was probably around the same size as yours, your backpack and stuff. Except you had nothing in yours, whereas I had like oh, I've got oh a spare I definitely pair had of like shoes. a bottle of vodka or something in there <laughs> and a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> like a 200 pack and a crunchy nut <laughs> bar you're done <laughs> that'll do me i'm like i've got my wallet we'll buy a subway and it doesn't matter if i smell <laughs> whereas i'm like the kind of person where i was like yes i need to have plasters and then i'll have a spare pair of shoes in case my shoes break that's how i used to think because i was that broke and i was like i can't deal if i don't have the you know if i break things or ruin things i have to have a spare it probably goes into my financial anxiety which is obviously i'm realizing now deep rooted and yes. long, <laughs> be there for a while um <laughs> oh it's it's fully deep rooted with you absolutely yeah. whereas i have like i'm terrible with money as you well know but also my stuff was always falling apart so that was your I, I was just like yeah this is just how I'm i look yes <laughs> yeah exactly i was just like yes you're meant to be able to see my spare pair of boxes i've got on through the hole in my crotch that's yeah. the look i'm going I'm, for i'm not gonna raise my hand or you'll see my tit through my t-shirt yeah, exactly and if they fall out they fall out it's just what happens and yes i am walking on the pavement because my shoe has no soul it's a good look guys um, but i yeah. so I uh, I'm staying at the moment, uh, as you know, uh, in one of our friends' houses to to look after cats. their cats. And um, my nephew and his girlfriend came over, uh, and they were staying over for the night. And I was I'm staying here for like a week, and I bought one little suitcase that had my like stuff to record the podcast, mm. and a shirt and some pants, like. <laughs> There was nothing else in it. And I got my nephew's girlfriend to go into this bag because I needed my painkillers. And I was like, oh, and it was they were up two flights of stairs. And I was like, she's younger than me. You run along. Um, and uh, so she went up and she grabbed it and she came back down. She was like, you didn't bring any clothes. <laughs> Whereas she came with like four bags for the one night. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, oh, I would, I resonate yeah. strongly. Yeah. A kimono <laughs> yeah. is needed. <laughs> Yeah, so she's definitely more like Mary, and I'm definitely um, unorganised, I think, is what we've... You know what did remind me of you? Is that moment after Catherine O'Hara's fallen over. <laughs> yes, me too. As I saw her knee wobbling, I was like, oh, it's me. The walk she does, and she's trying to prove that she can still do it, yeah. and her legs are just wobbling in yep. and stuff. I was like, oh, that if that is not Kim, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a better representation of you on screen. Honestly, I felt so seen. <laughs> I felt so seen. I remember, so I, I, in Australia, we were moving when I lived in Australia. My housemate and I were moving, and um, we were packing up all our stuff. And I carried a tumble dryer down some stairs and broke my foot. And, mm-hmm. um, like, she was like, sit the fuck down. Like, you're clearly in pain. So I sat down and she was like, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to carry on. Like, you have to go to hospital. And I was like, no, I'll just walk it off. I'm fine. <laughs> and tried to walk off a broken foot. But that's so very I felt much so... your family. Oh, I know. I know. They're like, very much concussion, is. go to sleep, rest. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Wait, is that not what you're meant to do? Because that's what no. I was always told. <laughs> Headaches don't exist. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I was a fully grown adult before I knew what a headache was. Um, like, that's the joys, what I've been having my entire life. <laughs> the, the joys of having a hippie mother and... Yeah, Get no, that's about father. it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, you're not in pain, you're fine. Get up. <laughs> Get on no, with but it. also, I remember once I dropped a brick on my head um, as a kid. <laughs> as you do. Uh, yeah, and I was like bleeding from the head, and uh, my dad came down. My like my friend ran in to get my parents, or to get my mum specifically, and my mum had gone out. So my dad came down to the garden to see what was going on, and I had like blood squirting out of my fucking head. And he like looks in, and I go, "I don't want you. I want mum." <laughs> and instead of him going. All right, but there's blood coming from your head. He went, all right, she'll be back soon. <laughs> went back in the house. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? This explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really does. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my dad to bits. And, like, he's a great dad. But <laughs> that's he had just... his moments. <laughs> that's summed up. Like, <laughs> um, I don't want you. I want mum. And he's like, okay. You want your mum? <laughs> I guess I'll go then. Like... But, like, the other month when your knee, no, your ankle gave out and you just fully fell down. <laughs> next to the um tumble dryer and couldn't get back up again for like a solid five minutes that very much reminded me of this walk (laughs) well also because i was holding my dog at the time (laughs) 
yeah he was fine i (laughs) I always make sure he's fine uh, because i fall so often um but the the only thing that got me up like Catherine o'hara she got up because she was like no i can i can go and i can do this and then obviously couldn't whereas mine was my pizza's arriving (laughs) (laughs) i'll run for pizza as my knees wobble as i'm on my way out i'm coming And it's oh. not like you could have got it because I was blocking the entire door by me collapsing. <laughs> Just casually leaning there like, hi. <laughs> hi, I'm fine. I'm fine. It happens all the time. Well, oh. So I told you this, but obviously. Um, so uh, the first day that my nephew and his girlfriend arrived, I went for a walk and uh, stood in some mud uh, on a path. that I mean, shouldn't have been there. Let's just say that. Because who the fuck puts mud on a path? And, um, my legs went out from under me and I landed squarely on my back in the middle of this Ooh. very busy path. Um, so look, that was that was very painful. But the first thing I said to my nephew and his girlfriend was, oh, it happens basically every day. So for the rest <laughs> of the time that they were there, every time I fell behind, they were like, did you fall? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you do fall a lot. Which in fairness, 90% of the time I was like, yes, I did fall. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So by the time we get to the kind of towards the, not not actually the end, but like about a solid five, seven minutes before the end of the film, um, the winner for Best in Show is announced. And all of our competitors, apart from the stressful couple, Parker Posey's couple, all of them have won Best in Breed. And they're eligible to then go on to do Best in Show. Yes. And uh, spoiler alert, don't listen for a few moments if you don't want to know who won. Um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara's Terrier wins. Can't remember the name. Uh, but the side eye that this dog. I want to gave... say Winky, but I might be wrong and have just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> they do shout it when that, when that kid is about to like, go to his death. <laughs> Jump off a shed roof. Yes. yes. With uh, with his dad, who's a hostage oh, negotiator. I honestly, I love like a... the character who was just like, "Get down here now, or I'm gonna fucking get you." He was like, "I'm gonna like pop your eye out with a fork," and he's he was like, like, "I don't know why they always jump." <laughs> yeah, like, Spoiler alert: they always jump. But <laughs> just like, oh, you're in the wrong job, jeez. But uh, so I'm pretty sure they do mention the name of the dog, but I can't remember it for life. Oh, me, they but... do numerous times. Yeah. But that, considering I can't remember the characters, are you expecting me to remember the name of the dogs? And <laughs> we've, we've literally called them all, like, their actual names. Or, you know, your man that's with Parker Posey. Like, exactly. <laughs> that one there. Komodo guy. You know, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, that side eye that that terrier gives when it wins. And they're all, like, hugging each other. And then you just get, like, this almost a still on this, like fucking hell kind of side eye look it was brilliant and i don't know how you could script that or if that was just dumb luck that they got that but it was so perfect (laughs) yeah of the tone of this film that's like bloody humans (laughs) can i go home now (laughs) in fairness having been to quite a few dog shows there's a lot of dog side eye at dog shows. They're like, the <laughs> they're fuck not there are you for doing? It. <laughs> they're like, everyone's like, oh, look at my little baby. And the dog's like, would you just fucking let me have a treat, woman? Like, <laughs> Can I just go sniff that other dog's ass, please? Yeah. Thank you very much. Just yeah. wave me to it. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I totally related to the Waimarama, who is like, fuck off. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fairness... They like they do check everything as the two hosts say. Yeah. Like, oh, I wouldn't want them groping around. Like... <laughs> around my nuts. <laughs> yeah. Macadamia. <laughs> I was. I tried so hard to think of a nut that we hadn't said. I tried so hard, and all I could think of was coconuts, which kind of explains a lot about me. Uh... Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It was a good film. I'm so glad that we revisited this, if I'm going to say so myself. Because um, it's certainly been a few years since I uh, watched this one. Oh, me too. It's been, definitely it's been years since I watched it. And I love Eugene Levy. Like, mm-hmm. and Catherine O'Hara. And, like, I mean, the cast in general was just incredible. There is no dud in this film. No, not at all. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic. And 
it's like it's so well written and then on top of that the improv is just incredible yeah um, I know obviously we've definitely during this episode gone off and talked a lot about our, our own personal experience rather than a lot about the show but I highly recommend that everyone watches Best in Show. It's one of those films that's a little harder to talk about narratively because it is so stripped bare because it, it relies on the individual actors to mm-hmm. add more to their characters and their characters' backstories. And that's where the the jokes and stuff come from. And in some ways the narrative, but it's not this narrative kind of bit but that goes throughout the whole film is just like adds these little nuances to their characters and to the dynamics yeah. that they have and the reasons why they're going there to the dog show so it's kind of hard to talk about and it is and i don't want to spoil all of the jokes i do think that if you haven't seen it you should go and watch it and hopefully we haven't spoiled too much for those who yeah. are visiting it for the, and for if the you, first time if but, you have seen it watch it a second time yeah or a third or a fourth or a tenth you know yeah it's a absolutely. great film and it's definitely reminded me that i need to try and watch more Christopher Guest films because I've seen that's exactly what I that's as I was re-watching this I was like I need to watch more Christopher Guest films because I've seen um Spinal Spinal Tap Tap, a long time ago I saw Waiting for Guffman which was very good and I don't know if I've have I seen For Your Consideration I think I might but I haven't seen like A Mighty Wind and there's some other ones as well I haven't seen them all so I definitely would like to maybe have an opportunity to to see more of his stuff um, and more of a lot of these actors' stuff because they uh, what's nice is that they did lots of films together. They brought you know if it worked well they brought people back uh, for multiple outings um, through these films. I I love seeing people working together numerous times. You know like yeah. obviously Eugene Levy and, and uh, Catherine O'Hara. Uh, things like tim burton and like johnny depp always are together or yeah. on a bottom carter which obviously they were married but um it's where you find someone that fits your humor or your directing style or whatever it is sentiment yeah yeah and i love i love watching them work together in different iterations yeah, I did see for your consideration. Sorry, I'm just looking it up. <laughs> I, um... I haven't seen A Mighty Wind, Mascot, The Big Picture, Almost Heroes, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Um, uh, I had a t-shirt with Attack of the 50-Foot Woman on time. when I was younger. Oh, no, I've seen uh, It was like my favourite t-shirt. It was such a great, an epic t-shirt. It was so cool. Haven't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> You know, maybe we should add it to the list of many, many films to watch. Uh, I have, so. I have a very serious question. Sure. Is an acorn a nut? Oh, good question. <laughs> because I'll if it is, it I've just got another one. <laughs> Let me see. I'm, I'm doing a Google. Acorns Google. are a tree nut. Yes, nailed it. There we go. I feel very proud of myself. I beat. Shit, I can't remember fishing. It's, it's, I'm not sure if it's like edible though. It's like the nut of the oaks, so I think it's just used for. Um, oh, you can eat them, but I don't think we tend to. But then you don't necessarily have to have eat have to eat something. You know, like there's a lot of mushrooms that we can't eat because they're poisonous. Yeah, but they're, but they're still mushrooms. mushrooms. That's true. So I am claiming that. <laughs> I don't know why an acorn just popped into my head. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I Conkers? feel yes. Oh, no. a con- is a conquer a nut or a seed? Probably a seed. I do love conkers. Did you used to bake them and uh do conquer fights? No, I never really got to the fight bit, but I went to like <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I got to um I got I did the collecting bit, which is very much more oh, my personality. That's cute, yeah. Uh we used I used to go to a small Church of England school, like primary school. Yeah. And uh it was about a ten five, ten minute walk away from the local church. And right. so we used to go down for like Harvest Festival and things like that, which was the right oh, time of year cute. for conkers. And so as you're walking along, you would get shouted at to not pick up all the conkers. But of course, we all picked up all the conkers. And you just wanted to have like the ones that were the shiniest and that were like the most perfectly formed and like collecting them. Um, okay. But I never really played the the 
escape. We didn't really, you know what? A lot of people didn't really at our school. We didn't really do the, the conkers on a string thing. So in my primary school, was yours co-ed? Like, uh, as yeah, in, like, was yours, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah, so mine was as well. When, uh, but it was a bigger school than your primary school. And I hung out with the boys. Yeah. So like my group of friends were all girls like that we would do things at home with. Uh, but then at school I hung out with just the boys so we would like play football every day um whereas my friends would be like playing kiss chase or spice girls <laughs> um and so I would collect the conkers and have these like conquer fights with the boys and then my friends that were like quote female would be like collecting the shiny ones so I think that's such a weird it like divide there like the only people that played the fight conkers in my school, this is purely just from my experience, were the boys and me. <laughs> and then the girls I were mean, like, oh, these are pretty. <laughs> I did a lot of stuff with the boys. It was a very small school. So um, I was one of three girls who played on the football team and we didn't have a girls one. So we played on the boys one. Um, it was still called the boys football team, though, even though there was a significant percentage that were girls. <laughs> um but yeah, it was very much, uh, believe it or not, I was sporty as a child. And I, I remember when we did school photos and I had to, it was just me and my friend Kate had to get changed so many times because we were in every photo. We were in the netball, the football, the yeah. class photo, the every, you know, just like every type of photo for a small, you know, Church of England primary school. <laughs> See, this is, we didn't do the sports team photos in my school because oh. I was on all of them. Like, right. That we weren't allowed, girls weren't allowed to be on the boys' football team in my school. That was not allowed, and there wasn't a girls' one, so I started a girls' one with one of my teachers who was kick ass. She was the only good teacher I, I've ever had. <laughs> um, she was amazing. Because um, our head teacher was very much like, oh, no, girls shouldn't play sports. Oh. Because he was, he was an old twat. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we started a girls' football team. Which last time I went, which was quite a few years ago now, but it was still going. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. a nice legacy. Like, yeah, not that you know, it's not named like O'Brien Sports or whatever. Like... Importantly, though, conkers are also called horse chestnuts, um, and they produce a brown nut, but I don't think they're edible. Oh, it still counts. So the conkers nuts are edible. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> macadamia nut <laughs> so you know what i think we've named a lot of nuts if anybody else can name some other nuts that we have missed out or variations of nuts please let us know on our instagram at heavenly features pod i'd love to know about all the nuts oh not those times i mean edible nuts, like oh nuts you yeah have you're your going culinary. down a very dodgy road here yeah so. <laughs> I realised as I was saying it. You know what I mean? Like different types of tree The nuts. asexual in our podcast here would like to know all about nuts. <laughs> My salads. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, in They're fairness, I do snack. love a nice nut in a salad. Like a walnut. Or a pine nut. I fucking adore pine nuts. Toasted I like pine, pine nuts. nuts. I like pine nuts and pesto. You're a weirdo. They taste a bit nutty to me. Oh, toasted pine nuts on a salad with like some apple slices in there. Oh, beautiful. I can tell you're liking it because you're kind of half winking. So you've kind of got the ex like, face going Half on. winking and drooling <laughs> out the other side. <laughs> exactly. So moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm very glad that you chose Best in Show. And yeah. also the fact that this, I got to watch this epic cast is just, yeah. Like there isn't a weak link. No, no, it was a good time. It was a good time. We're going to kind of shift tonally a little bit, though, I think, in terms of uh, the film that you want to watch next week. So what film do you want to watch? Yes. So with everything that's going on at the moment in England, which is where we are, uh, with conversion therapy um, and the government flip-flopping on the ban and the fact that we still have fucking conversion therapy that's legal and the fact that they've tried to exclude trans people from conversion therapy, I thought, let's go for a film about conversion therapy. Well, second um, one on the podcast. Second one, yeah. So um, <laughs> I have chosen uh, The Miseducation of Cameron Post to uh, do for next week. Uh, 
which obviously we'll talk a lot about the film, but obviously there's also a lot of current things that are going on in England. I mean, all over the world, but especially for us in England at the moment. So we'll probably touch on some of those subjects. So yeah, it will definitely be less less jolly and less shouting out random nut names. <laughs> I mean, we could make that just a feature. <laughs> yeah, just every every episode we come back with a different nut. Macadamia nut. <laughs> Sorry, just the way he said that, with that very southern drawl, macadamia, I can't even do it. But oh, I loved him. I, just, I thought he was fantastic. <laughs> But no, it should be um, good. I haven't watched this one for a while. I think I saw it when it came out in the cinema, uh, but I haven't, I haven't seen it since. So I think it'll be a good one to revisit, especially with uh, some of the politics going on at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I haven't seen it in ages. So it, it, like a lot of it will be a surprise, but it was more it more chosen for the politics side yeah. than anything. Um, That's fair enough. Obviously, it's a scary time at the moment. Yeah, Everywhere. I think sometimes it's it's important to, although obviously it's a, a fictionalised account of what conversion therapy might be like, I think it's important to sometimes try to emotionally engage with people who might go through those sorts of scenarios and situations to maybe better understand why it's important to have things that protect particularly vulnerable people in society. Yeah. So I think it will be a worthwhile uh, revisit for next week. Yeah. And also, you know, as two people who are in the queer community in different ways uh, and many ways, um, we're not ill. We're not sick. We're not like, we don't need fixing. So yeah, you can fuck off trying to fix us. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think it's also important uh, and a responsibility for people within the queer community as well to take a moment to try and um, understand the position that some people are finding themselves in where they are being targeted um, unfairly for just being who they are because I think so many people within the queer community can resonate with that in, in some form um, and so I think it is again it's a responsibility to not just be in your own bubble and and you know, an echo chamber where you only talk about and hear about your own experiences or experiences yeah. similar to you, but to look a little bit wider and see um, other people's ex- experiences and, and understand how we can um, kind of understand the, the situations that they might be in, um, empathise and look at ways that we can support them um, legally, uh, but also emotionally and um, in a way that is welcoming to absolutely and also i think it's it's so important for all of us to check our privilege like obviously we're both part of like minority groups in different ways like the like we're all part of minority groups like you and i are both but we are also incredibly privileged like yes i am queer and i am genderqueer i'm like part of the trans community in some ways like still figuring stuff out but I'm also white and I also grew up in a family that didn't send me to conversion therapy like yeah. so checking our privilege and then using you... that to try and do something good is what everyone should be doing well you can have privileges and also have difficulties and, yeah. and persecutions at oh yeah they're not time. mutually exclusive at all exactly and i think sometimes we forget that you know you go oh you are not persecuted in the same way that i was persecuted and therefore it's invalid uh what you're saying and it's like no we can all have yeah. different experiences different uh ways that we are prejudiced or or victimized um and also different privileges that we can have in the world um and that can be from anything uh you know, race gender um passing disability passing yeah and so many different ways that, I mean, he didn't stand a chance, Kim, but... Um, <laughs> I know, I am fucked. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, I think it's important to not kind of uh, forget that people have different challenges in the world and to find ways to show up for different people. So let's yeah. save some of this conversation for next week. Uh, Absolutely. This once... is a little taster. <laughs> especially <laughs> once we've uh, rewatched the film. Um, I'm sure that's going to bring a lot of conversations to the table. Um, but obviously I'd love to again uh, hear what other people think about 
the film that we watched this week, Best in Show, but also Cameron Post that we'll be watching next week as well. Um, and also, like, if any of you do have experiences yourself with dog shows or cat shows or anything <laughs> like that, I would love to hear any little anecdotes and oh, anecdotes yeah. of that because, like, I know for myself being there, like, it's a weird fucking thing, and I love it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not at all taking the piss out of it. Like, I love it. It was, it's so weird. It's so great. And like, my sister, one of my sisters, is like a horsey person and does like horse shows and stuff. Mm. So like. I just I love hearing world. all of these different things that are completely alien to yeah. a lot of people. Like you, you wouldn't be involved in them. So yeah, if any of you have any dog or cat or horse or any shows, I don't know if you have tigers that you show. Like, let us know, and uh, yeah, let us know if you have any any fun little stories about them because I would fucking love to hear that. Yeah, so you just like hop onto at Heavenly Features Pod on Instagram and leave a comment somewhere on there or DM Absolutely. us. I would love to know. Absolutely. And don't forget, uh, if you can, rate, review and subscribe because it really does fucking help us a lot. Uh, And yeah, until next week, uh, I hope you enjoy watching Best in Show because it's a fucking hilarious film. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It was a good one. It was. Good choice. So well done. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com. And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.